We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, welcome to True Faith Weekly Podcast. I'm Alex Hurst, joined by Ben Weird and Simon Campbell. Talking... Hello. Talking after the rarest of things in Newcastle United's away win. Uh, we're also doing our first traditional Monday podcast of the season. Uh, it's been a while. Uh, we had the Reading one out last week, um, straight after the match. And I think Brighton this week will have another podcast for you straight after the game. Or not bother with Cheltenham. Uh, the rest of Newcastle's not bothering in terms of actually turning up the match. So, probably no point. Um if they're not going to buy a ticket, they're certainly not getting our thoughts on the game <laughs> after. No, they're not. Disappointing ticket sales so far, but I'm sure we'll talk about that later in the week. Uh, so, also, the lads were on Radio Tyneside. Um, good show this week, was it, lads? I didn't have a chance to listen being down Bristol. Was it correct, Dogger? Was it? One of the best. One of the best. Yes. Yeah, some good predictions. I called the 1-0, I think. Did you? Yeah, and I called it 2-1, so there's only two <laughs> goals on. Basically the same. Matt Seltz was on your side, Ben. He was doing his best. Uh, more on him later. Yeah, so you'll catch us. I think every away game, it's going to be a pre-match preview from, from True Faith. Um, 2 p.m. before 3 o'clock kickoff. You'll get that online at Radio Tyneside uh, on the website. You also get it medium wave in the northeast area or Tyneside area. Medium wave once five. You've got to be pretty much in the city centre. <laughs> you've got to be outside <laughs> Radio Tyneside's office. <laughs> With uh, you get the Jasmine and it, it goes. That's it. <laughs> um, but anyway, if you are in that area, you can listen to us on your radio. But most people listen online. Those shows aren't podcasters, so you have to listen in. One of these days, I'll get around to live streaming the shows. I was going to do that tonight, but it hasn't happened. But you're listening anyway, if you're listening to this. So, Newcastle won at Bristol. Fantastic result. Anyone want to ask me some questions about it? Because I was there. <laughs> yeah, we've not seen sniff of it because it's so hard to get a stream these days, other than the, the goal. Um, so Dogger, what what was Bristol away like? It was good, um, good away, and actually I always I I kind of dislike like New Southern aways because of the some of the the fans it attracts. Not that's not everyone. There's loads of decent Southern based Newcastle fans, and they're, they're fine. But there are also some who aren't. Um, but it was a really good away end, very boisterous. Have you just heard the new Matt Ritchie song? Something about wearing a hat. That's right. I don't understand it. It's very League Two. It's like. It's like basically, you know, every League Two, League One club has a, you know, so-and-so is magic. He wears a magic hat. Uh, and it's like, very, I, I don't know, that was kind of the song of the day. And I was just I mean, like... All, all I could hear on the radio was the don't take me home. Yeah, also, also very disappointing. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, it was good. It was a good crowd. Uh, vociferous. Really disappointed by Bristol City's crowd. Very quiet. They had opened their new upper tier. Um, so it was a record crowd for them. But they could only sell like half the tickets in it. So there was a lot of empty seats there. Yeah. But I think the game was a sellout. I think to be fair, Bristol City they they sell out every week. We said it. We said it on the radio show. Uh, uh, the the headlines in the Bristol Gazette or something was uh, Ashengate biggest crowd in twenty two years. Like we're gonna have to get used to that sort of patter. Like everywhere we go. It's their biggest game in, in you know, 20 years. And um, for that reason, away games aren't that easy. So any any win, like... like They're okay. still easier than they were previously when we didn't win them. <laughs> well. Uh, on, so on the game, the day was all right. Uh, very wet, <laughs> miserable day. Uh, decent crowd. And the game was good. I mean, the first half an hour in Newcastle were excellent. I don't know if we came across that in the radio. Brilliant passing football. You know, really incisive. A lot of good attacks. We should have been 2-0 two, two up by the time we scored. Yeah. I mean, Hayden and someone else missed two free headers from corners. Like, just begging to be headed in. Um, we didn't really test the keeper that much. It was really good to see the the play stretched. Because, obviously, you know, lads, everything goes down the right. So, Benitez, obviously, being a good coach, even though we had a left side of Kieran Clark and Johan Gufran, he's just told, he just told Gufran, stick, like, kind of like we said... Stick on the left side. Don't come inside. Just stick on the touchline, and that means Gufran got absolutely loads of space. Yeah, didn't do out. Didn't do out with it, but yeah, but it, means it was the other team yeah. Have to think about it, doesn't it? It just means that 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 Richie and Anita started getting loads of space on the right side. So it was it was going really really well. We scored the goal. Great goal. Diarme, fantastic pass. Diarme for the first forty minutes. Diarme was superb, uh, like so much better than uh, than would than he was against Huddersfield. Really really good at like. He does a lot of things which an aspect of Newcastle support, particularly at home, will hit. Like you know what I mean? He might have three players around him, and if he can get through them, he's through on goal. Yeah. So we'll try it. Try and knock him past one of them. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, he might not. And he, it might not work. And that was the other kind of two. Well, the main disappointing thing on Saturday was just still just negative. I mean, they should fucking put a thing online when you buy a ticket from the box office, and if you're a miserable arsehole, ticket. Yeah? Because the amount of people kicking off around me, do you get him off? Like when he's shouting him, yeah. like he's he's done the assist, he's done it. Get him off! He's shy. <laughs> like he's not. He's tired. He's probably he's gonna have to come Same off soon. Same old stories. Like, nah, remember like, when we first signed Demba Bar? Yeah. He's the next bloody shoulder. He's rubbish. And, uh, and then like half a season in, and he's he's literally running the show. Uh, I've i hoped the same thing happens. So that was disappointing. So, I mean, I, I thought we were going to piss it. And then after the goal went in, it was just shut up shop. I thought that it was just half-time. No, yeah. it was the whole game. But having said that, and Ben, but Lascelles, brilliant. Like, so good to see him back and playing. We did no wrong. And Ben was his class above. Bristol City had, I don't even know. I mean, it might, might mean Asamoah. I don't know. Some mass, like, proper six-foot-six, big lad up front, who I thought, Christ, he's going to cause more problems, didn't. Clark played well at left back. I mean, he's no better than Paul Dummett. He got skinned a couple of times by in the first half by a really tricky winger. I think a lot of these teams are going to have like class wingers who can beat the man for fun. They just can't cross, pass, shoot, or have any end product. That's why they're playing at this level because they can beat players no problem. They've just got no end product. I'm not going to say something, Ben. I was going to say basically all the wingers we had like back in the day, Routledge. Yeah. Like, um, who's it? Sammy. Yeah. Um, like over time just you've got to have an end product with that yeah. no exactly so I was a bit worried he's much better than Paul Dumont on the ball like not that that's hard 
but he's you know every time someone passes him the ball, he doesn't treat it like an exploding bomb. <laughs> it also allows the other players to pass the ball more than two yards in front of him and not be massively surprised by it. So that was positive. I think I think um, losing Galloway like we we'll have to West Brom is a massive blow, but but we'll see. Um, Anita did all right at fullback defensively. Things in the second half didn't go so well because the opposition basically worked Anita out. So in the first half, he was getting the ball and doing like he did against Man City. He was he was doing a lot of like feints, a lot of like oh I'm gonna like you know dummy one way and go another. They soon realised that if they just ran at him, they could take the ball yeah. off him quite easily. He's not Jan Matt. Um, yeah, Matt. We'll talk about him later. Um, so that also meant Richie started to have to do a lot more defensively because Anita gave the ball away a lot. On the left side, the, the Gufran and Clark basically just playing the same position because they couldn't get they couldn't get through the middle because we were defending so well. Colback Colback had a great game, come back in a lot more positive. Hayden had a really good game, um, so that was good. So they were, everything was coming down the flanks, so that there was a lot of crosses coming in. And unless Matt Seltz had been how he was, um, <laughs> there was just no way we we're going to concede a goal. Matt Seltz was absolute for a bloke who had no shots to save. He had a terrible. <laughs> Came like I was watching him. I got the ground quite early for a change. I was watching him pre match, and he was obviously firing balls in. He was coming out and claiming them, no problem at all. Obviously, there's no defenders there, but <laughs> give you a couple of examples. And I've had people on Twitter telling me picking a massive football towards a man yeah. wearing gloves. He was six foot five, yeah. But people saying to me on Twitter, You're too harsh on Celtic. Like, well, you didn't see the game, did you? Like, he balls were being crossed in the box that were going out of play because they were overhit, and he was taking five step forwards. So nowhere near the ball. Balls were coming in. He was getting there. He caught the ball and just dropping it. It happened three or four times. And he was kicking off at the ref every time. Embarrassed himself because it wasn't a foul. You, you've just dropped the ball, mate. Like, stop dropping the ball. He looks like Paul Dummett in possession. Like I said before. <laughs> like, like a, a lad, one of our defenders, would, would make the obvious pass back to him. And he'd be caught out by it. You know, he'd be on his heels every time. And there's a couple of chances that nearly got in. And it's like, are you not paying attention? Like it, it, again, if the ball isn't played directly to his feet, he he panics. But it was it was just the fact that every time that they had one chance when he spilled the ball and the lad should have knocked it in, um, he didn't have a single save to make. And it's like, I know this is being negative, but we're four games in. He hasn't made a save, has he? he hasn't done a single positive contribution. So that was worrying. Um, I mean, I suppose it's a good point in terms of the defensive setup of the team, though, that he's he's not really been tested. Um, we've obviously made a mistake against Fulham. We've, for the, we've made three mistakes yeah. and scored three goals against us. Exactly. Well, um, four, four, including red penalty. Which doesn't say a lot for Matt Seltz, does it? But it, uh, you're you're right though. I haven't seen him make even the saves that he's had to make. He's not looked comfortable making them. So it is a bit of a worry, um, especially with apparently there's reports that Quill is uh, going out and learning. Isn't he, I think. Yeah, I mean, we may as well talk about the incomings and outgoings, so then we'll start with Krull, you raise him. He's in the last year of his deal. He'll not be fit till October, November, so there's no way Newcastle couldn't let him stay. Or, or there is a way. I don't know what you think about this, Ben. So they're supposedly we're letting him go and giving him a year's extension, yeah. and I think that's if we that's do get I promoted. Yeah. Do you think that's the best for everybody, or would, you, or would you rather think he's so superior to everybody, or the keepers we've got, do you think that we, we need to be playing with best keeper? It's a difficult one, isn't it? Um, just because I think we've, we've seen it already in, in the, it's just the modern era that players are, are, have just got all the power. So, um, I mean, obviously, the so, some of the deals that we've done already, 
like Rafa's basically had to just bow down to the players and just get them the moves that they wanted, the likes of Turban and uh, Wijnaldum. Um, I suppose the issue is for Krull is that when he does get back fit, he needs he, he obviously wants to be in getting the sort of challenging for the Dutch number one um, spot, which is going to be difficult to do in the, the championship. Yeah. Um, whereas at least if he's in in Holland, although it's not as good a sort of league, um, it's probably not as competitive. I would yeah. say is is the championship. No, no it's not definitely. But, but at least it's it's obviously the home the home um, league. He's going to be playing Champions League football with Ajax if they get through, um, and it'll just give him more exposure to to see sort of what he's capable of. Because end of the day, you look at Silasen, who's been the number one. He's been playing at Ajax. It's not done him him any um, harm. Apparently, he's on his way to Barcelona. I think. Yep, he is. I. So um, it would sort of give give Cole an option to, to sort of try and try and get that back, and at the same time. We we're not des I don't think we're desperate for him, um. In terms of we've got some solid keepers in the squad, um, and it's just a case of just keeping everyone happy. I mean, it's not it's not ideal. Obviously, I'd, I'd best case scenario, I'd say keep him, but I just don't think in this day and age, he's he's not what he doesn't really have anything to gain by doing it. Um, I think I think it's a good deal for everyone. Obviously, obviously, we we'd all love to keep him, but I understand why we would go. I think it's testament to Rafa that he'd even entertain the idea of going on loan for one year and then potentially coming back. And, you know, if it, if we had anyone else in charge, he'd probably just go. But because there's that this possibility of a Premier League season with Rafa a year a year away, mm-hmm. that he's entertaining this loan move is, is class. And that's know, the thing. I, I think it's, it's a move that could could work out for for both parties, and that's the the part of it. And as I said, I think in when when Elliot comes back we've got Darlow obviously sells you hope will will improve there must be something there. got to improve there's, there's no must, way you can just like the, stay like must, this there must be something there yeah oh you're right yeah I agree he's, he's played Champions League football last season he's been called up into a Belgium squad where they've got some pretty decent keepers in terms of uh, obviously Courtois and, and even Mignolet I mean he's not the greatest but he's still a, a good keeper Mignolet four shots uh, sorry five shots face this season <laughs> <my goodness. laughs> <laughs> Alright, ignore that <laughs> but um but yeah, I think it's just it, it's one of those where we, we should have enough quality within within the keepers in competition there um to to sort of get where get through. And as I say, as I as I just said before, I think the defence are playing pretty solidly. Yeah. Um apart from the odd mistakes which we keep getting punished by. But in general though, yeah. in general though, we teams aren't sort of breaking with down very easily. Um and that obviously means that you, you don't really we can probably get away with not having a top class keeper because they're not going to have a huge amount to do so and and Krull if we can get him back to the levels he was a few years ago could can be one of the top keepers in the league so I think it's one where you'd sort of take a look and just sort of a, a wider look of it a view of it and just say well obviously he, he probably he, he could go for nothing if we don't let him go and then we've we've got we've given nothing out of it. Whereas at least this way, we're giving him what he wants, keeping him happy, and potentially get get the best out of him in a in a year's time if if we get promoted. Um, I think it is just a case that he's probably just thinking, obviously for his international career, what's the best thing? And I, I don't, I mean, I don't begrudge the the, the bloke. Um, obviously, <laughs> it it's a disaster. We're getting relegated. This is obviously one of the things I think we've got to sort of put up with. Um, just with all the players wanting to leave at the minute, it's it's difficult, but. If if it if it if he's happy with that and it and it works out then, 
who who might sort of tell Rafa not not to do it. I think it's one of those. It's, it's a marriage of convenience, and it. Mm-hmm. I think you made a good point there. Like it might not necessarily have been the um, the footballing choice, but there's so much more goes on in terms of having to get players away from the training ground. He doesn't want thirty two players well, the clogging the place up and potentially can have four or five kids. Yeah, uh, Jamie Carragher wrote in the Daily Mail last week something really interesting. Um, about how when Rafa came to Liverpool, he didn't fancy Chris Kirkland at all, and everyone presumed Chris Kirkland was going to be the one to take over from Jersey Dudek. Yeah. He just didn't fancy him, and he, he's, Rafa apparently told Carragher, I never understand English keepers why in training they dive about the place all the time, risk an injury. Mm-hmm. Like, would, like, you can obviously save, do reaction saves, you were at this level. Mm-hmm. You, should con- you should be concentrating on your distribution mm-hmm. and your ability to come off your line. And he says, English goalies diving about, showing, and, you know, I want to make saves. And, and he's like, nah, like, if you look at Carl Dahl, Carl Dahl's biggest weakness is his distribution. Like, some of his kicking is, is worse than Crow's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terrible. Um, so I think, yeah, I think you know, Celtic isn't brilliant, but it's, 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 you know, it's not like his distribution so far has been, like, disastrous, has yeah, it? You haven't exactly. thought, like, oh... It's not as you're, if he's struggling to kick the Yeah, exactly. Like, so so that's, that's maybe an insight into why he thinks, right... You over you, Krull, you've got one year left. We can't keep you here and give you another contract. What we can do is put you on loan with a view to buy. If we get promoted, champion, you're back in the side and we'll go from there. So I think it's worked out pretty well for everyone. Uh, Sai, Daryl Yamat, looks like he's pretty much nailed on. He's going to join West Ham. Uh, £10 million. Pounds. Your thoughts on that one? That's a good price, really, for a player who just complete, seems to have completely lost what what we had when when we first signed him and even the first half of last season when he was our only attack and threat that that just went and defensively he's a liability if the bloke gets beaten all the time we were constantly can and he's got a lot of work to do but he's normally had to soak or something in front of him running six yards and then obviously not track him back because he's done done in but um I don't know. He's 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 it's he's never gonna play in the championship for us. I don't think Yamat was always gonna be one of the ones to go. I was surprised to see him start the first couple of games. To be honest, um, for me, it's uh, ten million's a good price, and I don't think we'll miss him. I, I don't think he's the player we thought he once was. Ben, do you do you agree disagree? Um, yeah. I mean, I think I oh, I didn't think he would stay. To be honest, I was surprised. Uh, when he as you said, when he played the first few games, it, it there wasn't there did there didn't seem to be any. Sort of murmurings of any interest in him, which I was a bit surprised of. But I suppose it's an it's it's a result of Holland not being in the the Euros and, and him not having that exposure. Um, he's probably sort of a little bit forgotten. But um, I think I don't know. I think that's a bit harsh. He's, he's obviously was a was a massive player for uh, uh, the last couple of seasons. Even when we've not been doing well, he's always been a good performer. He's I wouldn't say he's ever let me down. Yeah, he's got his his uh, frailties defensively, but. I think it's probably a reflection of, of how the, the whole team performed. I mean, that back four for the last couple of seasons in the Premiership were all over the shop. Um, there just weren't, there wasn't any discipline. There was no sort of sort of uh, positional, um, just sort of basic, basic lineup. They were always out of position, things like that. So I think he's one that's possibly regressed a little bit, and that's probably one of the reasons why he thinks he needs a move just afresh. A fresh um, change. I mean, I think it's it's a difficult one because you you sort of just take for granted that players mentally are always going to be in the right spot, but when when they're not and when confidence is low and things like that, then it does have a massive impact on players. And I think he's probably someone that 
potentially a season in the championship could have done wonders for him because it could have improved his confidence but at the same time if things don't go so well it could be really detrimental to him and then um, it's one of those where, do you, where does he go from that um, I don't know I mean I think it's probably one of those where we I think it's best for both parties if we just move on we're, we're getting a good deal from him um, for the money I think he's he's not sort of stood out as much as I thought he would in the first couple of games this season I was expecting him to be a real sort of uh, key player and he's he's not really done that yet um, but at the same time it's it's who who do you replace him with we've, we've not got an abundance of right backs uh, this is this Anita's is the thing Anita's playing in there at the minute got Sterry who's the young lad um, this this Gomez can can play there as well yeah. but it's just I think he's he's an upgrade on all the players we've got I mean we haven't seen Gomez yet so we don't know what he's like but but you can't tell us we've got anyone better than Yamat so it's just that that risk of if if we can get someone in that okay maybe not as good but it's sort of a, a potential um play building of a role maybe younger. I, I think yeah you're, you're very harsh. I um I can't remember too many goals that are ever his fault. He's not brilliant defensively, but he's all right. He never misses a header. Mm-hmm. He's decent. He's got everything, and I think the fact that a team like West Ham who've got designs in the top four want to buy him to play him suggests we should keep hold of him. I think he's a victim of Matt Ritchie. I think Matt, Matt Ritchie is so attacking in plays like Jan Matt no, that Rafa thinks they can't they can't play it together. He thinks that he needs a, a more... Def- Whereas on the other side, Rafa's come out in public and said he needs a more attacking left-back. He needs a more defensive right-back than Jan Matt playing with Matt Ritchie. Because Matt Ritchie is is a bit rubbish defensively. Like He's, he's bad at it. He switches off. He's a really good player. I really like him. I, di- I disagree a little bit with that. I think Ritchie's got a good work rate. Yeah, he may be... I think there is times where he, he's... Um, his positional sort of sense in terms of I've, I've noticed a couple of times against Redden for example he didn't really know who to go and close down and things like that but um, I, I wouldn't say he's any worse than say Sissoko who was playing ahead of him in terms of defensively I don't, yeah so I don't I don't so, mean that and, and he worked and my point is is Yama like thrived in that role yeah, behind Sissoko. So, so I don't so, think I don't I'm not think sure he did though I think what he did maybe two years ago when we had a team that was competing but last season when Sissoko was, was our only kind of chance of scoring goals it was Yamat Sissoko last season, Listen, oh, last season. It was. going forward Yamat's absolutely fine I think he's brilliant going forward for a right back but he wasn't able to play the role of being a full back who basically has to do the job of the winger as well he, he was but too I'll, exposed Ben I'll, I'll just, I think you misunderstood slightly there what I'm saying is, is that it's not because Matt Ritchie doesn't fill in. Although I'm saying I'm saying he doesn't, but that's not the reason. I'm saying Matt Ritchie is like he loves being on the right wing, like on the far right, whipping the balls in. That was Yamat's job last year. Where Sissoko, like, oh yeah, basically, in yeah, right. Sissoko likes to cut, love to cut inside with yeah. the ball. He, he, so because he's got Ritchie doing that same job, they're getting each other. Like, I think at Fulham's a great. They got in each other's way a lot yeah. at Fulham. He sw- he he switched he switched them because that was such a man in the first half mm-hmm. with Anita playing right wing. He switched them and they got in each other's way. And I, yeah. I don't think Richie and Matt, Jan Matt, I mean, which is probably Jan Matt because he's not the attacker. It's probably it's probably his job to adjust his game. Yeah. Maybe he hasn't done that, but I'm like you. Just needs to learn to undercut. Don't always, don't always have to go outside. So, <laughs> so if if Gamez comes off, I'm fine with it. Yeah, that's the thing because you worry and eat your the whole season. No thanks. Uh, but if yeah. it's you know, but that's the thing. So you're saying it's a good deal, ten million. Like it, like do we care? What, because what right can you like, but like, what would we do with that money? Yeah. Like, we're sitting in Newcastle's bank account. Like, give give a shit. Like, mm-hmm. uh, we're not Sunderland. We're on the like, <laughs> brink of financial collapse. 
We're not, but I think if we go up, we need to be able to then... He's, he's just thinking the financial spend. fair play, doggy. <laughs> yeah, that's something no one talks about anymore, is it? They got piled off pretty <laughs> I far. I was going to say... Like the new TV deal just... Leicester, killed it. Are, no, but yeah. championship teams spend a beyond the means. It doesn't matter. They just let you get away with it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so we've, we've covered Krull and Yamat, we've talked Matt Seltz, anything else to talk about in uh, Planet Newcastle this week? The league table's looking pretty good, up to seventh lads, and um, particularly the teams right at the top there you'd expect it's interesting. to fall away. Nobody's really run away with it, all these teams that were expected to sort of be too strong for the league, um, including us, but I think everyone's shown sort of moments of, of weakness I would say I mean we've made the point um, on the, the show on Saturday morning that we just mentioned how Newcastle probably had the easiest running um, to, to a, a season I mean we've played 20th 19th and 18th <laughs> from last season and we played four games and then Redden who are probably the worst team we've played <laughs> so far um, so I suppose then you look at the league table though and all those teams are at the top well I think there's a couple of them have played each other already I mean like so Villa have played Chef Wed and Derby I mean they've, they've not done particularly well yeah. them, but they've already played Chef Wed and Derby so that's two of their easier games out of the way that they've they've done okay in. Um, actually they lost to Chef Wed so I'll take that back yeah, yeah. But, um, we, we lost to Huddersfield we lost to Fulham they're both like well, in the top, top three or something yeah, yeah. Fulham started on fire Fulham like fifth, um, but yeah I mean obviously the, the, we, we sort of mentioned the big test will be this this weekend with Brighton because obviously they fancy themselves as, as probably our biggest contender I think it's in four games the next four games we've got Brighton Derby and Vile yeah. two of them away so, be, so be we'll... in, interesting. I think to be honest it could play in our hands though because I think a lot of teams will be coming to St James's and trying to shut up shop I think they're teams that will probably want to try and come sort of um get a result yeah just just try and try well not just a result but try and put in a performance to sort of just get that mental edge that well, it's, it's like it's like Redden isn't it yep stand going on about how we had we had 57% of possession it's like yeah you did you idiot that's not how you play Newcastle at home <laughs> like you like Newcastle has 73% against Huddersfield possession we couldn't do anything with it you want to come here and sit deep and like yeah. come here and try and play your football get beat 4-1 and then kick off about it afterwards like you're a, you're a fool like you say I mean Brighton have got much better players than Redden, but then Redden got two all with Brighton at the weekend. Um, so I, I think it's good if you look at what we've got. I think only ooh, Norwich have got one more point than us. Brighton have got two more points. Derby and Vile have less points than us, and that's basically in Sheffield have less points than us. That's your top. That's pretty much the top four teams there in the Championship, apart from us, the top five. And there's only one of them got more points from it, and we've had a bad start. Yeah. And I think this is this is what I, I said on the pre-season podcast. One thing I was really worried about was too many draws. We've seen already. We've had it. We if you look at the start of all those teams, apart from maybe Vile, everyone had said, "Yeah, good start." They were a good start. We've had a terrible start, but because we're, we've won two games, and Norwich and Brighton have only won two games as well. Um, it's actually not been that bad a start from us and if we'll continue to pick up points if we come through the, these next few games if we get six points from these next two games I think we'll piss the lead that's exactly what we said on, on Saturday morning six points would be enough you know you don't need to lose lose our shit if we, if we drop another another couple you games. win as long as we get six points and say a couple of wins you then come into a, a set of fixtures which has got rather impressed and burden and as long as that doesn't go like no gags you just, you'll just we'll just storm up the table because 
I think that the first few fixtures, I know it's the start of the season, it always happens, but the inconsistency in this league is massive. If you can put a run together, you'll run away, you'll, you'll make a massive gap. And I think at some point in the season, it just, it's just going to happen for us because we've just got the players. That, you, you make a good point. Good point. I said at the start of the week against Huddersfield, I looked at the three games in the week and I said six points will be good here. Yeah. And some people on Twitter disagreed again and they said, oh, you know what, you know, six points, we don't want to lose any of these teams. You win two thirds of game, that's 90 points, and you, <laughs> and you go up. Um, you know, six points out of nine is, is consistently enough enough points to get promoted. So again, we'll, we'll lose games, but it's all right because if we lo- it's all right losing a game like Huddersfield because we've done the right thing since. Yeah. Um, that's the thing, it's all about how you react, isn't it, in this league? You, you cannot be. Um, just to sort of caught making the same mistakes Rafa made the adjustments after the Huddersfield game where we'd, we'd played two fairly defensive types of, of games and then Redden went out and, and had a go and it worked um, and then I don't know how they sort of approached the, the Bristol game but it seemed to be that we, we looked pretty comfortable first half uh, Com- comfortable, game, yeah. comfortable all game people you know I've had again people on Twitter saying oh Bristol deserved a point they didn't, they didn't have a shot man mm-hmm. you kind of you kind of, yeah they had most of the possession second half but I think Rafa looked at that and he went we've got these they're not going to score There's past no us fair, yeah. if, if, you, if you're ahead of a team that don't look like they can score then why risk it Just... to go back to the Bristol game I know we've <laughs> moved on I have to criticise Perez again because he was a disgrace when he came on he was absolutely pathetic and there was times you know the whole point of sitting deep not that we're not that deep but defending well is like you hit teams in the break and we didn't really do that. I think I think Gail did Gail have a shot that hit the post. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Apart from that, and that's because Perez got the ball in again some fantastic positions in the last 10-15 minutes, and he just totally cocked so them up. Weird. Head down, not looking up. There was Gail. There was Aaron's to play in. Um. Maybe he went off for Gail, but anyway, Aaron's to play in on the run, and his head down, lost possession. He just literally. I keep going on about it. It's, the, it's it's not even that he's playing badly. He's playing like a disaster. I don't know what's going on, lads. I don't know. Do you if think it's just a, the the league's almost too ordinary, like for him in terms of players, just like well, I, I can only just go and try and tackle him. Oh wait, I've tackled him in the ball. Whereas in the Premier League, it's like oh, stand off. Yeah, like stand off. Sort of don't uh, you, don't, you don't could, get done. You could say that, it, but then probably give them a bit more respect in the Premier League because but, there's so much at stake. That doesn't excuse him just passing the ball to the opposition. Like yeah. there's, there's, there's players. But it's, it's more just the, the the fact that he seems to lose the ball. But he, he's not beating players, which nope. is something that he did on a consistent level last year. Was he would get a bit of momentum by beating the first man, a bit of trickery. And he's not. He's never been the quickest. He's, but he's always had that that sort of the, the skill to beat a man, and he doesn't seem to have that. That's not, he's just. Get, it's. I don't even think it's a skill. He's clearly got some ability. He's clearly got some the bottom, but. He can't play English football. He just can't. You get players who come across from, from Spain and Portugal all the time, and they, it's a big adjustment. But but he's think, played it, though. He was class for well, a season. That, that's, the, that's the odd thing. Yeah, you, 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 you're treating people aren't expecting you to be to, to have stuff up your sleeve, and when you're an unknown, you kind of get away with it. It worked with, like, I don't know, think of, like, Ronaldo for the first time he was here. He looked class, and then he kind of, people started to work him out. So he had to adapt his game, and he got ripped, and he wasn't going to be bashed off the ball anymore because... People know that if you just snap Perez, if you just smash into him one time, he doesn't really come near you again. He, he no. looks scared. He doesn't want the ball. His first touch is excellent, but he seems so worried that he's just going to get taken out. And the other thing about that is that we, we, you just have to try and win free kicks. How many free kicks does Perez get you? None. <laughs> one, one or two. If you're going to get fouled, get fouled. Get a yeah. free kick for it. Don't just get knocked off the ball and get nailed for it and then just look. You know, All you have to do is get, shield the ball 
and get fouled but he just sort of like he, he doesn't seem to want to be involved in these kind of physical yeah. battles and I'll, I'll go further than that he just looks disinterested yeah he's head down he doesn't try it's hard to say he doesn't try but he doesn't he doesn't press he doesn't win the ball he doesn't use the ball so I, I'm just wondering what the point of it is at the moment. I mean, maybe it's one of those things, hopefully a goal. He's one who could do with playing tomorrow night uh, against uh, Cheltenham. Yeah, it, 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 it did Tovan wonders last season. <laughs> We're just getting a couple of goals. Like, it's just, I think you're, gonna probably, you're probably going to see Armstrong and Mitrovic but, um, and Aaron's play. So I don't know whether that leaves any space for Perez, but he's just, he just no, looks think, so bad. It's crazy yeah, how good he was. Will. I think Rafa's all about give, giving players confidence and if it takes playing a shy team that he might score against then that's so be it it might, it might help him right I think we'll we'll call it there unless there's anything I've missed lads that you want to discuss um, we'll be back Saturday Radio Tyneside please listen in it's not podcast it's the only way you'll have a chance to listen to the match preview uh, that'll be one thirty this this Saturday no it won't because <laughs> it's a is it 4.30 30 We'll let you know. Follow us on Twitter at TF Weekly Pod because it's for being the five, the first five thirty game. We'll do about know. an hour before kickoff, isn't it? Sir? An hour, an hour and a half before yeah. kickoff for home games. Keep we'll keep you posted. Um, we'll have a podcast as well straight after the Brighton game. That'll be a big one. Should be up a couple of hours after. Um, and yeah, thanks for listening. I don't think there's anything else to say. Uh, nice to win away from home. And yeah, you can catch me. Do fanzine face-off uh, made in Tyne and Weir uh, on Football Matters, 9 o'clock every Wednesday, me and Sob, some of love, Supreme. Um, we constantly get told to be nasty, nasty to each other because we're just, me and him just aren't obsessed about each other's clubs, so there's not much we can do, so it's probably very average watching, but say, tune in anyway. waiting for each other to, to pull out the obsessed words. So yeah. like, well, I don't care. No, I don't care. Yeah. Well, it is, it's hard for me because it's like, they're like right, you 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 go on about his their game. I'm just, I'm watch it. I didn't watch the highlights. Like and he's like, I don't a, watch Newcastle's games. Like yeah, he admitted he watched the full game. He did, I. But really obsessed. But um, yeah. So there's it's just a terrible format. Like just let you talk about your own clubs and then let the other person have a little snipe if he wants. Yeah. Don't talk about it because it was just too nicey nicey. It was just fake. Like it was crap. There you go. You said a load of stuff in that that little two minute segment. That I've never ever heard you dislike <laughs> say. You so it's just fake, it's just rubbish. You can catch that on Freeview Channel yeah. 112. <laughs> yeah. I think it's 117, uh, made in Tyne and Weir. You can see me, Football Matters, anyway. Gallagher Flags, we're back, we're back this Saturday. Oh, Full display, get to the game half an hour really or earlier. If you want to get involved, email contact at gallagherflags.co.uk if you're in the Gallagher end. Please don't email me if you're in the Leasers or Milburn demanding a flag because you'll probably just not get a response. Um, so, yeah, thanks very much. Final plug, you can hear us lads now doing another podcast, uh, Football Bloody Hell. We're filling in for the Southern lads this week who've pissed off to Spain or something. Um, so yeah, we'll tweet that link as well. That's a, a, a full Premier League podcast if you enjoy this patter. Thank you and goodbye. Cheers, Doug. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working... The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.